The first thing that you need to have is polarity. Because there's actually no such thing as overworking, but there is such thing as under-recovery. So you can work as hard as you want as long as you are recovering just as hard as you are working. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Aligned Performance Podcast, the podcast helping you to pivot and build your dream career or business so that you can live out your purpose and potential with ultimate freedom and fulfillment. My name is Trangsess Nguyen. I am your purpose and high performance mentor and speaker and your host for the show. And if you are a returning listener to the show, then welcome back. If you are a new listener, then welcome. It is so wonderful that you have chosen to join me. I'm so grateful that you are part of this little community. And what a great time to join because today's episode is going to be juicy. (laughs) I am talking about a topic that I have never spoken about before on this podcast, which is a bit crazy given that this podcast has been going on for almost two years. And this is such a, this is such a common problem that we, that many of us face. So today I am talking about burnout. (laughs) Specifically, I'm talking about how to prevent burnout as a female entrepreneur. So I want to start off by saying, if you are a female who is employed, if you are a male, then this episode is still going to be highly valuable for you um, because a lot of these strategies are relevant and are useful across the board. I'm just going to be also speaking on different different factors that are going to be specifically relevant for female entrepreneurs. So listen to this and see if any of these resonate with you. Okay. You are a woman who is working full time, you're employed, and maybe you have a side hustle that you are building. Maybe you have a full time hustle as well that you are growing You've got hobbies, whether it's dancing, pottery, hiking, you've got a social life, right? You've got a group of friends, you've got a lot of individual friends who you need to rotate through and see and catch up with. You have a partner or you're actively dating, you exercise on a regular basis and you are here wondering how the hell do you fit all of that into 24 hours a day, seven days a week? And as a result of that, Maybe you feel like you rarely get a day off, let alone a quiet weekend. Maybe you you rarely feel rested. You are increasingly finding it harder to fall asleep or to stay asleep because there's so much on your mind. You have so much mental load. Maybe you go through phases. Maybe you're constantly yo-yoing between phases of pushing really hard, high motivation, high levels of drive. And then you get overwhelmed and you just fall off the wagon completely and you you just stop. If any of this resonates with you, if this is something that you have experienced at all before, then I firstly want you to know that you are not alone. I know that because I've been there before. I am speaking to women on a daily basis who are stuck in this cycle and they don't know how to break out of it. And it's such a common experience. And 
you know, one of the reasons why it is such a common experience is because society is literally set up to encourage this cycle. And we live in a sleepless world. We are constantly stimulated and have access to the external world and therefore external demands and bids for our attention. And there is a deep ingrained narrative in society that your worth is tied to your success and wealth. And therefore, there is this massive race. There's this huge race to get to that finish line, except the the thing is, no one really knows what the finish line really is. And everyone's just racing and competing with each other. So just know that you are not alone. Having said that, this is not the only way to live. There is another reality. There is other ways. There are other ways for you to achieve success whilst also experiencing energy and sustainability and freedom and fulfillment. There are other ways. And I'm going to share that with you in today's episode. I'm going to specifically draw on my experiences over almost a decade of having a very full, rich and diverse life you know, as a multi-passionate individual pursuing many different passions, starting in a nine-to-five Um, then starting a side hustle whilst in that nine to five and then going through a career change and then now a full-time business owner, a full-time entrepreneur. And I'm going to be able to share with you so many of my learnings and experiences because it has been such an imperfect journey. Like, yeah, I've, I've experienced burnout before. I have gotten to points in time where I've been so sleep deprived that I'm, I'm literally falling asleep at the wheel and and causing accidents. Like that is so dangerous. It's so not on. And I don't want you to have to go through that and like hurt yourself, cause permanent damage because you you don't know how to live otherwise. So I'm going to share that with you in today's episode. But first, let me share with you some statistics. Statistics of why I do want to focus on female entrepreneurs in this episode and why females are often at higher risk of burnout than males. So I was actually reading recently a survey on LinkedIn that interviewed almost 5,000 Americans. And this survey found that 74% of women said that they were very or somewhat stressed for work-related reasons, compared to just 61% of male respondents. So 74% of women are experiencing stress related to work compared to only 61% of males. And I say only 61%, but that's still quite a high number. That's more than half. Um, But what this survey shows is that more a higher percentage of, of females and women are experiencing work-related stress than males. And this is a common pattern across the board because there are various ways that, that females do experience higher mental load, higher physical load. Like, for example, there are statistics that show that females do and take on more unpaid work indoors, at home than males do. So even if 
you know, a couple, both individuals are working by default, generally speaking, this isn't always the case. There's always exceptions. But by default, the, the females do take on a higher load of unpaid work, such as chores, caring for children around the home. And there was actually a um, survey in Australia done by the Australian Bureau of Statistics um, during COVID times that found that 62% of women spent five or more hours in the last week on unpaid indoor housework compared to men. So females are generally doing more unpaid work than men. So that is more load because if the female is working, then they're now also going to be doing more unpaid work as well. There's also the aspect of like females going through cycles, right? Menstrual cycle, going through the emotional and hormonal and physical load of cycling in and out of different phases and having to actually navigate that in a society that doesn't really honor and doesn't really create space for cyclic work, right? Like it's, you know, society is so on all the time. So females are navigating all of this. And that's why there is a higher incidence of female burnout, higher mental load than, than males. Once again, generally speaking, um, based on some, a lot of these statistics that have come out. So that's why it's so important to be looking at this from a general sense, but also for you. If you are a woman listening to this, then this is even more so important for you to take on. So how do you prevent burnout as a female entrepreneur? Well, the first thing that you need to have is polarity. Polarity meaning contrast, opposites, working really hard, but then also resting really hard. Because I don't believe there is such thing as overworking, but I do believe that there is such thing as under recovery. So you can work as hard as you want, as long as you recover just as hard as you work. And I believe in this so much because there are times where I work really, really hard, right? Like I'll have 12, 13, 14 hour workdays where I pretty much don't leave my desk. There are phases of time weeks, months where I just go in the cave and I kind of disappear from the outside world and I get in the zone because I am creating something that requires flow, that requires being in the zone, such as when I'm leading up to a retreat, when I am creating a whole new course, I need to be in the zone and I can't be dipping in and out of um, my workflow. So there are times where I work really, 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 really hard. But I haven't actually reached the stage of burnout at all in recent times because I recover just as hard as I work. And what I mean by that, like micro recovery, so day to day, right, meditating, uh, having my having uh, no phone in bed so that I am completely rested as soon as my head hits the pillow at night, having complete days off having complete weekends off, having complete weeks off and taking holidays where I do not work at all on those holidays. And I am switched off completely. And my level of recovery will reflect the season of work that I've just had. So sometimes I am in a very, you can say, 
mainstream work routine where I'm working Monday to Friday and then I'm resting Saturday, Sunday, right? So that is a pretty balanced, pretty harmonious routine. I'm working Monday to Friday. I'm resting at nighttime. I'm resting on weekends. That's pretty sustainable. But as I mentioned before, if I'm going through phases where I'm working like 12, 13 hour days, or there are weeks where I am in the cave and I am, you know, working over time, then I will make sure that I will take a rest break that ref- that mirrors how hard I just worked. Like I'll take a full weekend off or I'll take full weeks off. Um, every quarter, uh, I, I take at least one full week off to completely reset. And sometimes it's actually two weeks. And if I'm on holidays, that's like two, three, four weeks where I'm like rested completely. And then when I come back, oh my gosh, is my levels of like energy and vitality and focus just through the roof. So that's the first thing that you need to have. You need to have polarity. And I do want to mention and acknowledge that, yeah, I am very blessed that I've gotten to the point now in my business where I can take days and weeks off when I need to. But also, I don't necessarily believe that that is only a luxury that you can have when you get to a certain point in your business because like business is a lifelong game. You never ever get to a point where you just simply make it and then you can put your feet up and it's all good. Like business is a lifelong game. So even if you're in the startup phase, I I believe it's just as important to be taking nights off, to be taking days off, to be taking a week here and there off because that is the fuel for you to continue showing up when you are working so that you can produce magic and to grow and expand your business to the level of success that you desire. Now, when I'm talking about recovery, I'm not just talking about physical recovery because this is the this is where people don't necessarily recover properly, right? They think, okay, physical recovery, I'm going to take a rest day from my exercise. I'm going to, you know, not do any physical activity. I'm going to take a day off work, but I'm still going to be at home and I'm going to be planning my wedding or I'm going to be researching real estate or I'm going to catch up with a friend and support her through her separation or through um, her redundancy, right? Like that is often what we'll do during our days off because, you know, there's only so many days in the week and that needs to be fit in somewhere. But just be aware, just be aware that if you're doing that, then you are not completely recovering because you may be physically recovering, right? You might not be exercising or going to work and being on your feet, but you're not emotionally or mentally recovering. If there's a lot of mental load, if you're supporting a friend through something highly emotional, you're going to take that on and you're going to be feeling the weight mentally and emotionally, even when you're physically recovered. And that's why there are so many people who aren't ever fully rested and they take, a, they take a week off work, but at the end of that week, they still don't feel like they've completely rested. They, they feel like they need another week and they don't feel like they're ready to go back to work yet. And then that accumulates over time and then that eventually leads to fatigue and burnout. So make sure that you are taking physical recovery as well as mental and emotional 
whether it's in micro doses at night, right? Even if you're lying in bed, maybe don't read a book. Don't be on your phone scrolling on social media and taking on, you know, you know, hits of dopamine and highs and lows of emotion through whatever it is that you're reading about or um, watching. Um, but just listen to music. Just lie in silence. Just do some meditation and completely allow recovery in totality. Now, another thing that I have learned how to do because I've suffered from not doing this over the years is putting in place boundaries. And I know you've heard about boundaries before and I know that you know that they're important and you may be thinking, oh, easier said than done. But can I just say... The reason why a lot of people struggle with boundaries is because deep down they have a belief system that putting in place boundaries is going to offend other people or it's going to be a disservice for other people or it's selfish. But just watch that belief system because what if it's not selfish? What if it's not doing a disservice for other people, but it's actually a win-win situation? It's actually beneficial for everyone involved. And I really believe that. For example, I'm in a place now where I make it really clear to my clients that I have a 24-hour response rate and I don't reply and I don't work on weekends. Yeah, sure. Sometimes I'll, and very often I will reply quicker and sometimes I'll work on weekends, but like that will be a bonus, right? So that is something that I make clear. And I know that at the very start of, my coaching journey, I felt really uncomfortable putting that in place because I was like, oh, what if I repel uh, my client? Like, what if I repel clients? And if I want to, what if I come across as like being really hard and not caring? But this actually benefits me and my clients. Why? Because one, I've made it really clear what my boundaries are, what the expectations are, so they don't have to like be in limbo of like wondering when I'm going to reply. There's no gray area. There's no unspoken um, assumptions. It's all out there. It's all clear. So they know what to expect from me. And also as a result of that, they can then be independent. Like there is no codependency, codependency of, you know, reply, like sending me a message and expecting a reply straight away at 11 p.m. when they're going through a crisis. Like it creates independence. It creates um, open communication and respect and it, it it makes it easier for everyone involved and then it also shows my clients the the level of self-respect that they can have in their own businesses as well it gives them permission to rise up and to have boundaries in their lives so boundaries are so important um, and boundaries can look in, in so many different ways, but making sure that you have boundaries with your time, with your energy, with your resources in the way that you need. Now, something else that you need to do is you need to make sure that you have rigid structures, rigid schedules and discipline in your days. And this is a strength of mine. <laughs> this is something that I am very proud of. Like when I first got into business, I started this routine called time boxing. 
Um, and time boxing is a time management strategy where you box out your calendar and you pretty much leave no gaps in your calendar at all, which sounds really rigid, which sounds a little bit too strict and a little bit um, extreme, except when you do it properly, then you'll notice that you actually do schedule in rest breaks and recovery as well. And that then leads to more freedom than you would have had otherwise. Because otherwise what people do is they're like, oh, I don't want to have such a rigid schedule in my day. I just want to like take it as it comes and go with the flow. But then what ends up happening is that they procrastinate. They take longer to finish a task and then what it would have taken them otherwise. And then they end up spending more of their day you know, finishing the tasks that they needed to, they have less free time, they have more mental load because they've been procrastinating and they've been like bargaining with themselves and they've been like kind of beating themselves up for, um, you know, taking, for procrastinating and taking so long. And that creates so much more internal suffering than just being structured and disciplined in the first place. And I actually have an old podcast episode on this that is it was an extremely popular episode that I can link in the podcast description where I talked about why committing 98% is way harder than committing 100%. And that's all around the whole decision-making thing. Like when you have structure, when you have a schedule, when you have discipline in your days, then you reduce decision-making because you don't need to improvise. You don't need to make things up as you go. You just set something out and you just do what you're told. You don't need to think, you just do it. So you reduce decision-making, which is exactly what you need because decision-making in itself is a very draining process. It drains your precious um, mental capacity, your focus, your energy that is in some ways finite each day. So I'll link that podcast episode in the description. And whilst we're here, what I do want to mention is... I've actually just recently made public some masterclasses that I have run in the past. And these masterclasses, they have been absolutely revolutionary for those who've come. Like (laughs) who who knew that a 90-minute masterclass could be so impactful and so powerful? But the feedback that I've gotten from these masterclasses have said very much so you know like you know women saying to me that it's the best two hours that they've ever spent and they finally have this like newfound level of discipline and focus and drive and confidence um so I've recently made my masterclasses public and I'll put the link in the podcast description um, and one of these masterclasses is on time boxing where I share with you what time boxing is and exactly my time boxing regime so that you can implement this weekly and daily time management routine and become so much more productive. Get more time back in your day. Get more done in a shorter amount of time. Um, I have that time boxing masterclass that I'll link below as well as my high performance secrets masterclass that I ran earlier this year, which was extremely popular, talking about the exact secrets that you need to consistently embody high performance in your life, in your personal routines and habits, as well as professional. And this is necessary because you can have the perfect time management strategy, like time boxing, but if you have poor uh, discipline, if you have this a poor relationship 
with commitment and honoring yourself and respecting yourself to be disciplined, then that time boxing strategy is it's not going to last. It's just going to be thrown out the window. So that masterclass is also available. And I have a third masterclass on the secrets to squash imposter syndrome, which is another extremely incredible masterclass. So there's actually those three masterclasses that have just been made available public. And you can get any individual masterclass for almost like spare change, 97 Australian dollars for any individual masterclass. Or if you actually want to have access to all three masterclasses, right? Like how to squash imposter syndrome, high performance secrets and time boxing, then you can get all three for the price of two. So it's it's a small investment, like for the value that are in these masterclasses, they're, they're worth at least five times that. And I genuinely say that because if you were to implement this, you can change everything. Um, but for such a small investment, I would highly, highly recommend getting around it because the, the, the women who have done these masterclasses, they would tell you how game changing they are. So going back to what I was talking about, have structure and discipline, right? You need to have that masculine structure. You need to be showing up day to day and getting after it. Having said that though, there can be a danger in, in going too extreme and being too structured, too regimented and not being able to adapt. Losing touch with your intuition, with your emotions, with recognizing different signs and different cues that you are maybe starting to burn out or maybe starting to um, you know, hit a wall. You need to be able to recognize that as well so that you can uh, stop this, this uh, accumulating fatigue and stop yourself in your tracks before you reach the stage of burnout. So what you also need to have is flow within the structure. So think of it as masculine and feminine, right? And I'm not talking about males and females, but I'm talking about the Eastern philosophy philosophy of masculine and feminine energy. Think yin and yang. Think contrasting energy where one, the masculine is like the structure and the solid um, boundaries. And then the feminine is like the flow and it's the, the softness within that structure. So example, just think of a teapot. A teapot is a hard, rigid structure which contains tea inside of it. And tea is often made of water, right? And water is very flowy. <laughs> if water isn't contained, it will just go everywhere. Um, but within a teapot, it gets contained. It, it takes up the shape of the teapot. And that's the masculine and the feminine. The, the feminine, the yin, is the water. And the masculine, the yang, is the teapot. And you need to have both. You can't have one without the other, though, right? Like if you don't have the teapot, the water will just go everywhere. But if you have the teapot without the water, then it's just like this hard, rigid structure. There's no flow. And it's just like really um, regimented. So... What you need to do is you need to have structure in your days, but you also need to have flow within your structure. What I mean by that, right, is, for example, you might have time box your day to be 10 hours long and you are planning to do creative work, which takes a lot of mental um, capacity. It takes a lot of creative flow. Uh, so you might have had a day planned of creating social media content, recording podcasts, um, 
But then maybe you wake up and you're just exhausted. You've had a really poor night's sleep. You can't even think straight. Your brain is fuzzy. Well, that doesn't mean that you just you know, you just write off the day completely. Like that's that all or nothing approach of like, um, okay, well, if I can't have structure, I might as well do nothing. Like that is unresourceful because you end up doing nothing a lot of times. But instead, why don't you have some flow within that structure of, okay, well, I'll still do 10 hours of work today, but instead of doing the high effort, high create creative tasks, I'll just do the low energy, low focus tasks like admin work. And then tomorrow when I am feeling more energized, when I'm feeling more refreshed, I'll then do the creative tasks. So there is still structure of, okay, I'm still going to do 10 hours of work today. I'm still going to do eight hours of work tomorrow. Um, but I'll just swap the days around. Like I'm not going to be so set in my ways that I have to do creative tasks today and admin work tomorrow. I'll just swap it around. And your ability to adapt is so key to sustainability. Like if COVID has taught us anything, right? Our ability to adapt is our longevity. Um, And this goes for not just work, but even, you know, even hobbies outside of work, like even exercise. There, There are days where I have planned to do hard running sprints. But if I've had a really poor night's sleep and I'm just feeling really fatigued or sore from the day before, then it's not like I'll just do nothing. I'll just sleep in and you know, ride off the session completely, I'll still go out there, but maybe I'll go for a jog instead. Maybe I'll just go for a walk. So I'll still do something, but there is adaptability and flow within the structure of, okay, those 45 minutes I'd set for hard running sprints, uh, I'll, I'll just do something else instead. So you've got to have structure and also flow within that structure. And now I've got one final thing that I would like to share with you as a female entrepreneur to prevent burnout. And that is from the get-go, no matter how small your business is, no matter how early stages it is, start setting it up for scalability. So thinking about how you can work smarter, not harder, how you can be more efficient, how you can streamline processes from the get-go. And there is no point where it's too early to do this. I used to think that, oh, like I need to get to a certain milestone first in my business before I start to think about systemizing, before I start to think about like outsourcing tasks. But no, like you can actually start doing this from the get-go because it's only going to make your job easier. Uh, And it's funny because for such a long time, I resisted like creating systems and, you know, outsourcing tasks, things that would help me scale the business, things that would help me do more in less time. Um, And I resisted it so much because I was like, oh, it's going to take so much time at the very start. Like, you know, even if there was a task that was done repeatedly, such as like an onboarding process for clients or um, sending out invoices or, um, you know, the actual delivery of my service when I was doing running and strength and conditioning coaching, for such a long time, I was writing every single program from scratch. I didn't have a system. I didn't have a, a, a pattern of how I do things. I would just write it from scratch each time. And that used up so much mental power, took so much time. And it was actually worse off for the clients because there was no system. Like I was almost like winging it. 
Um, and like, I wasn't winging it, but I was tr- I was trying to make it so personalized for the for the client because I was like, oh, you know, they have hip injury and they also have some heel pain, so this needs to be different and that needs to be different. But really, it would have been easier for myself and still would have been more beneficial for my clients if there were a foundational system in place because, you know, we're we're, we're not all that special. There's still going to be a system of what works best. So I just resisted spending the time at the start. It, it just it seems so silly now, like taking the extra time at the start, the extra one, two, three, four, five hours at the start to set something up to save hundreds of hours later down the track. It was simply just a little bit of laziness from my end. But this is what you've got to do and do this as early as you can. Um, like if something needs to be done more than once, then spend that time from the start to set up a system, create the formula so that you can streamline that process so that it's done in the exact same way each time you can eventually start to do it on autopilot. You don't even, it's like second nature to you because it's the exact same process each time. And then when the time comes for you to actually start outsourcing tasks in your business, to get assistance, to hire employees, then you can just hand over that formula, hand over that system, and they will be able to jump on board and do it in the exact way that you have been doing it, the exact standard and the exact quality that you've been doing it. And I have started doing that over the last year, you know, outsourcing tasks and hiring assistants. And it has been the one of the best investments in the business. Oh my gosh. I've got, so I've got three assistants now. One of them helps me with the graphic design of my social media posts that help me with video editing. Another one helps with the scheduling of my social media posts. And um, the third one is my VA, my virtual assistant. She helps me with heaps of admin tasks, heaps of um, outreach, heaps of PR work. And oh my God, I love all three of them. They have taken so much time off my plate. I've gotten back at least, at least five hours in the week, if not more, especially with the the scheduling of the social media posts, because what I've always done, and here's another strategy for um, efficiency and um, being more productive, batching tasks. So I create all of my social media posts for the following week on the Monday. I record my podcast on Mondays. I create social media posts on Monday. And then previously what I would do is then every day for that week at 6 p.m. I would manually hop on social media and then I would post that post. I'd post it on Instagram, post it on Facebook, post it on YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok. And that would take like maybe 40 minutes by the time I posted it on all those platforms and you know copied and pasted and tweaked different um, parts of the caption so it suited the platform. And I was doing that every single night. But I would hope that my 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 knowledge and my skills is a, it can be utilized in a more valuable way, can be of more service than spending 40 minutes each night. And at one point I was posting twice a day, so 40 minutes morning and night, just copying and pasting something and just posting it when someone else could help me that and help me with that and take so much time off my plate. Um, so, oh, like I rave about my assistants so much. They've taken so much time off my plate and they've, they've given me so much time back in my week. And now I can use that time to focus on my clients. I can use that time to focus on 
um, developing myself and expanding myself and and uh, yeah, using my my skills and my experience and my knowledge uh, in a more uh, in a more valuable way. So making sure that you set up your business for scalability. Don't just trade your time for money. Think beyond that. Think how you can generate more value that is not dependent on your time because money isn't based on time. Money is based on value. There's a reason why uh, someone working in retail makes $25 an hour, but a surgeon makes $5,000 an hour. Money isn't an exchange for time. It's an exchange for value. So think about how you can provide more value, not how you can just provide more time. All right, so those are quite a few different ways that you can prevent burnout as a female entrepreneur. This has been a particularly long episode. I'd planned for this to be like 20 minutes as I always do, but <laughs> I get in the zone and I keep talking and I just want to add more stories and more ideas and more um, pieces of uh, advice and then yeah, ends up being 37 minutes. <laughs> so I'm going to wrap up the episode here. I hope that this has been a, a very... Um, valuable, practical episode for you, especially if you are a female entrepreneur. And a reminder, if you have listened to this episode and you're like, cool, this makes sense. I know what to do, but I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to be more disciplined. I don't know how to time box. I don't know how to actually put this in place. Then check out the link in the podcast description. I will link the masterclasses that are now made public, you know, how to time box, high performance secrets, and how to squash uh, how to squash imposter syndrome. You now have access to those three masterclasses and you can get the pragmatic tools so that you can put things in place straight away. All right, fam, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate you. I'm sending love to you, sending sunshine to you, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.